So let's dive into part three of me and my big mouth. Um, a few years ago, my colleague, friend, uh, mentor, uh, boss, uh, an old, old, old man, about 70 years old, he, he kind of was, was bald at the top and a little bit of, okay, I'm not taking cheap shots here, yeah, uh, a little bit hair on, on the side. Uh, he phoned me up and he said, Ryan, um, I want to have a conversation with you. Would you come over for coffee uh, to my house? So I walked into his house, and it's amazing. He's got this lovely little garden. Uh, he lives in this modest home, uh, and we sat down uh, together. And, and he's such a kind, gentle, humble, loving man. I mean, he couldn't hurt a fly. And he sat down with me, and he had taken the time to write a, a three-page sort of little um, notes for me to keep. And he said, Ryan, what I want to address um, is on my heart, and I feel like when, when I look at your life, I would like permission to speak into it for your good and for your best. And so he started reading a few quotes from the Bible and a few quotes um, from books that he had, had read. And he said, Ryan, McShane said and prayed this prayer, Lord, make me as holy and as pardoned, uh, make me as holy as a pardoned sinner can be made. He said, Ryan, Andrew Murray said, we have as much holiness as we want. He said, Paul says this in the scriptures, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. He said, Paul says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He said, Ryan, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all filthy language from your lips. And then he quoted this scripture. He said, my boyki, if you claim to be religious, but do not keep a tight rein on your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. And I was wounded. I was broken. I was convicted. I was crushed. To think that you can be a pastor, you can be a Christian, you can worship, you can put on great Sunday events, you can be in ministry, you can say all the right things, you can do all of this stuff. But if you do not keep a tight rein on your tongue and the things that you say to other people, and the things that you say about other people, and the language that you use. Lee quoting James, the brother of Jesus, he was saying, essentially, your Christianity and your worship of Jesus is actually worthless, and it's in vain. Now today, I wanna have a candid conversation with all of us that have come today. I wanna hopefully, with a humble, kind, and gentle disposition that Lee had with me, I want to speak into the area of gossip. You see, Lee defined gossip like this for all of us. He said gossip is sharing private information with people who are not a part of the problem or a part of the solution. I don't know if anyone's done that. You've, you've been told private information. Someone has shared something close to, to, to them, to you. Someone's entrusted you with something. And then you potentially have gone and you have shared that information with people who aren't a part of the problem and who aren't a part of the solution. 
And Paul, writing to uh, the churches in the province of Galatia, he writes this verse that I think many of us would gloss over. You kind of read it there, and, 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 then, and then you think nothing of it. But, but I read this verse, and it took my breath away. And because I realized that the test match is starting soon, I just wanted to unpack one verse for us today. And I hope that it will be penetrating and helpful and edifying as we address this thing called gossip. Paul says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. See, it's amazing. Paul, he unpacks, he says, if you bite. So, so imagine, imagine this, this mouth this mouth that, that kind of opens. And he's using, uh, the commentators say, this, this image of, of wild animals, you know, kind of turning on each other and fighting with one another. It, it could even be um, snakes. I don't know if Paul was at the Colosseum and he saw, you know, kind of animals going at one another. And then the Spirit of God prompted him and he thought, you know, the churches in Galatia, they're behaving this way. But, but it's this image of, of backbiting. You know, someone shares something with you and they turn around. And as you go and share that information with someone who's not a part of the problem or the solution, Paul is saying it, it's like you're biting right into, the, into their backs, sinking your teeth deep into that person, into their reputation, um, into the image of God, you know, in terms of the way that God has made them. As soon as we are a part of gossip, he just gives this image of, of this mouth, this this biting, backbiting, and a bite, you know, um, we got this family staying with us, and, and, and then these two little twin boys, and the one boy had, had bitten the other boy, and this boy shows me this mark, and it's this bite, you know, and, and it's, it's hectic. I'm like, geez, can a little snot nose do that? You see, but, but this can be a characteristic that, that happens amongst God's people, that, that they can behave and deal with one another uh, not like we're in a congregation, but like we're in the Colosseum. And, and this is a reality. He says, if you bite and devour each other, that this devour, the word is to ravage. It's not just to bite, but it's to bite and bite and bite and bite and to consume and to eat more and more and more of this person's relational capital and trust and reputation. There's this, there's this devouring that can settle in. It's incredible. This is not keeping in step with God's spirit. Paul says if you bite and if you ravage and devour each other, watch out. Watch out, be vigilant, be careful, look, perceive, see, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. That, that, that word destroyed is 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 to consume one another. It's like having, having a, um, a log in a fire. And, and as we bite, backbite, and as we devour, it's like this log just gets consumed and burnt till there's nothing left. The, the word is to annihilate. You will be destroyed by each other. I, I mean, I don't know if you sit here with skepticism and you think, is this really true? Can gossip really do this? But I mean, look at marriages. Look into my marriage. Look into your marriage. As we misrepresent one another out of anger to our friends or to whoever, there's a sense in which we, 
potentially start destroying each other. Look at company executives. When gossip starts happening and, and the senior leader starts feeling undermined by, by his team, it, it, it makes the corporate culture toxic. And this destroying each other starts taking place. Look at your families, your, your, your inner circle and your immediate circle. I mean, look at your WhatsApp groups. Maybe you're planning Christmas. And, and, and you look at your WhatsApp groups and are we going to stay there? Are we going to stay there? He said, she said, I said, me said, mom said, dad said, the grandfather said. And all of a sudden it turns into this backbiting and, and ravaging and destroying each other. And it's, it's against the, the very thing that our Lord Jesus came for. The, the, the spirit of Christmas can be ruined. Think about, you know, one of your children, they come to you and, they, and they're brilliant at this and say, Daddy, Daddy, Riley said, and it's not true. And then you respond like, like sinners respond and, and potentially destroy your family without getting uh, two sides of the discussion, without weighing it with wisdom. You just respond, how can you speak like that? How can you say like that? That doesn't happen now. And it didn't actually even happen because of this biting that, that, that a three-year-old is so gifted to be able to do. You see, you don't even train them to do this stuff, but there's this biting and devouring each other. And the big image in week one, I left us with a bunny and a fox. In week two, I left us with this hippo representing little ears and a big mouth. And in week three, I want to leave us with the image that I think Paul had in his mind when, when he thought about this verse saying, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And I think it's this image of two snakes. And as we participate in gossip, as we bite and as someone else bites, uh, the strange insight around this verse is, is that we think when we share information to people who are not a part of the solution or the problem, we think that we win. We think that we elevate our self-righteousness in the eyes of others. We think that we might be better than others because we don't do that. Paul's saying the unique insight is as soon as we participate in that, both parties lose. Death will happen from both sides. And it's like this, there's, if there's this biting and devouring, watch out, or we will be destroyed by each other. And so as I look at this verse and I say, God, if this is true, if this image can be taking place in communities of faith, in families, in companies, at schools, what do we do? God, what can I share? What, what are you encouraging us in this verse? And I think it's those two little words, if you forget everything, it's the two words of saying, watch out. Be vigilant. You know, it's really interesting. In the last month, um, our family has been broken into five times. It's, it's so strange. And, and one of the things that we've done is we've like, you know, we've got to put beams in. So we put these beams in, and, and it's amazing how uh, when you walk in the garden, you know, it gives an alert or it gives a sound in, in different uh, places uh, around the property. And I think that that's what this word means, that, that, that in our spiritual lives and in our walks with God, it's like we need to put beams up in the area of gossip so that we can watch out. And I want to speak about four beams 
today that I pray will equip and encourage and help you watch out. And so I thought to start kind of in a lighthearted way, I wanted us to watch out for the potential places that, that, that gossip can take place. You see, when, when I go into an office or whatever, there's something that represents the water cooler. And, 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 and as soon as people are engaging around the water cooler, or I'm engaging around the water cooler, it's those water cooler discussions where, where, where you have to try and speak a little bit more quietly. Watch out. You know, um, I don't know if it's the same in Durban, but as I engaged um, with, with, with some of my female colleagues, the hairdresser was an amazing place. You, you see, they would go to the hairdresser and would know everything that was going on in every marriage and relationship in the city. You know, and, and, and I just thought that this would be a place to honor God in, to, to write a new script, to be different. What about the car park? You know, I don't know if you engage in those parking lot discussions outside of the school grounds. You know, dads can start engaging and moms can start engaging over the teacher and the principal and the school and the this and that person and that family and da da da. If you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will end up destroying each other. Or I don't know if you've had this conversation, but, but you, you phone your mom. And then you trash talk your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. He did this and she did that. And he doesn't do this and he doesn't contribute and she doesn't. And then your mom starts backing you. Watch out. And communities of faith, the church, God's bride, the congregation, this place can sometimes feel and taste and look like the churches in Galatia. And Paul took with spiritual wisdom and insight and said to the church in Galatia, as I wanna to say today, watch out, put that beam on and when you hear that alarm, be godly, be kind, be encouraging. The second thing to watch out for is potential phrases. You know, I don't know if you've said phrases like this, but you look at a colleague and you say, I don't know what she does around here, actually. You know, I don't know what he does around here. I, I work harder than that person and they actually do nothing. And it's a bite right in the back. Or we say things like, because it's juicy, I can't believe. And we unpack the story. Or one of my favorites in church, I come, people come to me and say, people are saying. You, you know, people are saying. And I'll always ask, Who's saying? How many are saying? Is it the whole congregation? Oh, is it just two or three people? Who are these people? Why are they saying it? Where does it come from? But people are saying. Or we'll say things like this. Don't say anything. But. And the alarm goes off. Or the not really joking jokes. Or we plant seeds. Did you see how? You know, she said. He said, I mean, it makes for restaurant conversations, you know, you've had a glass of wine and, and people are telling better stories than you, so you feel like you've got to dive in and say, well, she said, and now you've got the attention of your audience for the whole night, and, and 
and it can just end up destroying each other. Or I've got this all wrong. You know, I may have this all wrong, but apparently. And so we want to be careful of places where this stuff festers. But we also want to be careful of phrases that, that come out. Now, I don't know if this is going to work, but one of my colleagues gave this picture and said, when we participate in phrases with another person, it's like the relationship was clear and then we put a drop in. And slowly but surely, it taints and it, and it, and it changes our perception of that person and it filters through and the water of that relationship becomes undrinkable which I thought was really powerful. Watch it seep as I talk. And maybe it's God's spirit speaking to you and saying that, that I'm, I'm actually a part of this stuff. The third kind of thing that I wanna to speak to is that King Solomon, he gives us some proverbs of wisdom around the area of gossip. He says this, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. When you share private information and you hear about it via the grapevine, that is an alarm system for you to say, you know what, maybe I need to be more cautious around who I share with. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife or conflict. It's like this person's a farmer that plants these seeds in relationships. A gossip separates the best of friends. Are we a part of separating really close friendships with gossip? A gossip goes around telling secrets, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Where there are many words, there's real potential for gossip. King Solomon says that as surely as the north wind brings rain, when he looked at the weather report in Israel, he is saying when the north wind blows, rain comes. He says, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. Think about your family WhatsApp group. She said, he said, this happened, and all of a sudden, there's just anger in your family dynamic. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. This is a weird dynamic. Solomon's saying that, that gossip actually feels, tastes good. You know, while you're in the conversation, it's just juicy, and it, and it goes deep inside, and it's Mm, I got inside information, you know? Solomon's saying, watch out. The opposite is true. Fire goes out without wood. When you stop putting wood into a fire, and he says, and quarrels or fighting, they disappear when gossip stops. And that's the third beam, that there is encouragement as we navigate this territory in a way that we wanna honor God. But as I've done this series and as I've worked through it, I feel a little bit like I'm losing the battle here, Lord. Like I'm really battling to, to, to control and reign in my tongue. I leak when I shouldn't leak. And I feel like, Lord, even as I share these things to, to, to others, I look in the mirror and I feel really inadequate. And I'm like, is this really gonna help? Is this really gonna change? You know, are we gonna keep going on biting one another? and devouring one another, and sharing stories where you put one another in a negative light? Do we need to watch out? Are we potentially going to destroy each other? I mean, when you think about destroying each other, 
Jonathan Edwards said, and I can't remember where I heard this from, but there was revival that happened. 50,000 people turned to God. They wanted a relationship with God. There was singing. There was joy. There was a real hunger for God. And he made the observation that the thing that killed revival, the thing that closed church doors, was this verse. It was gossip. It wasn't uh, that the pastor committed adultery. It wasn't that there was financial embezzlement or, or a lack of integrity and corruption in the churches. It was because of gossip. Can you imagine seeing a for sale sign out of this community outside the door of this church? A church that loves to serve the Amgani region and the Durban city. And you ask the question, why did those doors close? And the answer was, because of gossip. And so what I'd like us to do and what I've been doing is to turn to God in prayer. And I thought of these two Psalms. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. In your sight as you see my life as a dad, as a husband, as a colleague, as a friend. God, may you make the words that come out of my mouth and the things that I'm thinking in my heart, may you make them pleasing in your sight. Father, would you set a God over my mouth? Would you put like this thing, this muzzle over my mouth? Lord, would you keep watch over the door of my lips that, that what goes out would be pleasing and honoring to you? I'm turning to the only place that I know, to God. Make the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth pleasing, Father, in your sight. Can we stand together for closing prayer?